Yo, yo, yo. It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We're back. What up, though? We back and better than ever, baby. The Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, hit the follow or subscribe button. And please don't forget to download. It's the Great Debate Show where you can be notified for each and every new episode that is available. And, you know, you will get to kick it and listen to the good guys. And that is us. And we're back. And uh, we got so much to talk to you about. We've got the NFC South predictions. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the Saints. That's the Panthers. That's the uh, that's the Falcons. We've got all four teams. What are they going to be like? Who's going to get better? Who's going to get worse? Who's going to stay the same? Um, a lot, of, lot to talk about with the NFC South. Also, Brittany Griner news. I know everybody's heard about it, but we want to break it down a little bit more than what some of these people have been doing in, in the media. Um, but we don't think she's really going to do nine years, ladies and gentlemen. Let's calm down. All right, but first... We want to start off. Uh, oh, and and Nick has a rant uh, coming up about the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, we just had that pass by over the weekend. But first, we want to get started with some NBA news because it has been quiet here lately, and we thought that hey, nothing was going to happen, and nothing still may not happen. I'm not sure, but this is what we found out. There was some news earlier today that Kevin Durant. He's pretty much saying it's going to be you or me. It's going to be, I mean, them or me. And them is head coach Steve Nash and general manager, what's his name? Sean Marks. Sean Marks. Nick, we're going to let you start off, St. Nick, and let us know. Your uh, Give us your take on what the hell is going on here with Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. You have been one to say, and Terrence as well, that – Nothing's going to happen. More than likely, they can't find a trade partner or they're just asking for too much because they're not going to trade him. Either way, you've all said it's going to be pretty much a run it back. Now, Kyrie Irving, he hasn't got paid. But Kyrie Irving opted in. He's still a net. Still not traded. So, Nick, I'm going to let you tell the audience what's going on. I don't know that I've seen anybody in any field as talented as Kevin Durant is in playing basketball seems so interested in career suicide. I don't understand it at all. Like, if he's looking for somebody to blame for the GM situation and for and for the coaching situation, he needs to look just like the Spider-Man meme and point at himself. Because, like, he's he they gave him basically all, everything that they've done has been at Kevin Durant's behest. Everything when, they, when they, he came to uh, Brooklyn to join Kyrie Irving. Because you know, they had Kyrie on the hook first. But ever since that's happened, it's basically like, look, Kevin Durant's the best player here. What he wants, he gets. That's the only reason they put up with Kyrie Irving last year. That's the reason they went and got James Harden in the first place. And like I said, his interest in career suicide from, from the time he left Oklahoma City is just it's absolutely appalling to me. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Like, you're going you gonna to try to go, it's, it's them or me? And you in the first year of a four-year contract? I don't blame the owner, uh, Joe Sire, for coming out exactly what he did. I support my coaches and and, uh, and general manager. We're going to make the best decision for the Brooklyn Nets. So, Kevin Durant, you are going to have to fall in line. That's just what it is. You signed your name, pen to paper, you know, and so and everything that they've done has been based on your request. So you can't turn around and then blame them for doing what you asked them to do and say that they got to go hmm. or, or that you're going to go. Because you you in the beginning of the contract, we don't have to trade you. So correct me if I'm wrong. You can show them play ball, or you can sit at home and get and get fined. Uh huh. But correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. I I think you just said it, and I and I, I was gonna say it. So Kevin Durant did play a major part into their head coach and general manager, who he said needs Absolutely. to go. I thought so. Okay. Absolutely. For whatever Kyrie Irving might say and, and might have said it more publicly. That switch was flipped by Kevin Durant. He pulled the trigger and said, yeah, 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 bring him in. Yeah, bring him in. Yeah, I can work with him. Kevin Durant don't like it. They weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so now that all, the, all those things have happened and it, and it hasn't worked, Kevin Durant got nobody to blame but himself. So what he needs to do is say, I'm going to take a step back and let everybody else do the job they were hired for, and I'm going to play basketball. Because as much as, as much as we will complain and talk about LeBron James and all of his, his GM stuff, and as much as he he will try to backtrack on some of his own stuff as well, 
he's obviously done well enough job to put together to to win some titles. So, um, you know, Kevin Durant hasn't done that. He he didn't he didn't GM the Warriors. He went and joined them. They were already put together. He the GM this Brooklyn situation. He's failed miserably. <laughs> so he just needs to let them do their job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and one more thing before I let Terrence go, Nick, tell me this: who 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 were the coaches in line? to get the Brooklyn Nets head coach job. Who was the Brooklyn Nets owner looking at before Kevin Durant and Kyrie stepped in and said, no, I think you should hire Steve Nash. If I, if I remember correctly, there were two black candidates that were, that were really late in the race. Uh, hold on, hold on, Nick. That was terrible. Hold on, ter- hold on, uh, Nick. Yeah, I kind of having some technical difficulties there. I want you to get right, Nick, first. Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> Yeah, I want you to get right. I don't know. That was terrible. I couldn't hear any of that. Uh, so I've been trying to get you, let the audience know, the listeners know that uh, we, we lost you there some kind of way. So if you could repeat what you were saying for the past 30 seconds or so, because we missed that, it was just um, – I don't know a bad area, or you know, like I know you didn't jump in the pool, but if you yeah, can, I, I had moved, so that's better. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, so I mean, like, like you know, going like I said, you know, the the two were Steven Silas, uh, who I believe in coaching the Kings for a while. He may still be coaching them, and Ime Udoka, who coaches the reigning Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics, that put the Nets out in the first round of the playoffs that just passed. And so I say that to say. When you you know you got two black players in a situation where they can influence the hiring of two promising you know young black head coaches, and instead they go with a guy who has no coaching experience, who also happens to be white, and then it fails this miserably, and you want to point the finger at the people that you that that you chose to bring in. That doesn't make sense. That's not how that works. And so he needs to let people do the jobs they were hired for. Um, you know, if, if he's on the same wave with Kyrie Irving saying, you know, we don't need a coach and we run our own practices and whatever, obviously that's not working. You probably need to spend some more time doing the coach's practice. Okay. T-Smooth, what's up? What you got? You know, I uh, I hate to compare players of different eras, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a look at how Michael Jordan and Jerry Krause got along. We already know those two couldn't stand each other. But at the end of the day, Michael Jordan had a had a job to do on the court. Jerry Krause had a job to do off the court. Now, that they eventually put heads at the end of, what, 98? Yeah, Jerry Krause is like, you know what this team has done. But they got two different three-piece out of that off of Michael Jordan letting his GM be his GM and letting his coach coach. And I just don't understand what it is about this new generation of players that wants to control every damn thing. And it is so annoying. It is so annoying. Like every offseason, I get annoyed. Uh, oh, he's going to go here. Oh, he's going to go there. Oh, he's going to go play with this guy. Oh, they're going to go team up and go go to this town and play with this guy. I'm sick of this shit. I'm I'm totally sick of it. Every year, there's always some kind of narrative of who's going to go play with who, who's going to go where. Uh, and now it's Kevin Durant, who always, for the past like five or six years, has essentially has dominated these headlines. Even more so than LeBron, for some I don't know how, um, and, and and every year he's at the center of these headlines, and I'm just I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I, to me, this is a a stain on this era of basketball as much as anything has been. And I, I, Jarvis, I ain't got a lot to say, but what I do have to say is I'm over, totally over. I got you, I got you, and I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I'm pretty much with both of you. You know, like, I'm just ready to get this thing over with. But, again, as I always tell the listeners and as I always tell you two guys, this is usually just stories that they use to run during the offseason. And then the season will start back, and they'll just sweep everything under the rug, and he'll be playing for the Brooklyn Nets more than likely, just like Debo Samuel is still playing football for the 49ers. Uh, This is just what they do. They just try to keep it going, keep something going to stir the pot. And, and, you know, hey, I don't know. Could he really be trying to get away from Kyrie? What, what, and he's using the the front office as an excuse now, or he's using them for the scapegoat? Like, hey, it's either them or me, but really, you just don't want to be there because he's there. And what if Kyrie gets traded next week or later this week? 
then then will he still have a problem with them? What if he changes his tune then? No, nobody knows what the hell Kevin Durant wants. And hell, to be honest with you, I don't think anyone cares anymore at this point in time. He's always changing the narrative. He's always changing his mind with his wishy-washy ass. So in the end, look, KD, I'm with every with everything Nick just said. I mean, hey man, you made this bed, now you gotta lay in it. Point blank. If you want to get out, get out. You got your hat, get your coat, bro. It's time to go. What's gonna be fu- What's gonna be funny is why did him have to play for a coach that he just publicly tried to get fired? And 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 if that is what it is, then you are so right. How he failed miserably at GM in a team compared to what LeBron does because, man, he just witnessed that guy almost win an NBA championship over in Boston, went to the finals his first year as a head coach, and he picked Steve Nash, who I don't even think had been on a NBA coaching staff. Had he? If, if he had, my apologies. But I know you he, don't he was on He was on staff as some, some sort of assistant when uh, Kevin Durant was in Golden State. Okay, okay. Steve Nash was. Yeah. Okay. He was like a he was like a consultant or something like that. So yeah, something something like he wasn't he wasn't like an on the bench coach. He was like just there. Well, that's what Helping. I mean. I mean on the bench. Yeah, like I got the clipboard or I'm 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 draw, I'm showing some plays when Pop gives me the the board or whatever. Or no, I, no, none of that. He was like at practice telling them concepts and shit. I guess I don't know. I got you. Well, again. Kevin Durant, this was your decision. If I, that's what I've heard. Him and Kyrie, Kyrie's came out and said it on national TV, at the at the press. He's been there and said that we are gonna come back and we are gonna help run this team and put together this and put. I mean, he talked like he was the damn GM. So again, KD, you tried to play GM and it's not working. Yeah, yeah, you can't say that. And again, I don't necessarily agree or buy into what the owner is saying either because he may says he backed the staff that he put together, but he didn't put it all together. I mean, they was going other routes, and then they said, okay, whatever for you to keep you happy. So we're not even sure if the owner really backs his staff, but I do commend him for putting his foot down and saying, man, this is enough. Enough is enough. But now that all that's being said and we got to move on here, what's going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets by the time they tip off the NBA season. What's going to be going on with them? How can they all coexist now? We don't know if KD and Kyrie have a good relationship anymore. We don't know because I've heard that he wants to keep the friendship and the best way to do that is to get away from them. I can't play with you, though. And then there's, well, you know, Big Perk and other people have spread it rumors that he never wanted to leave. He just wanted Kyrie to get his money. Like, man, so look, stop worrying about everybody else. At some point, you have to know when to just do you. Uh, if that's the case, and now it's either them or me with the with the coaching staff, and that's the staff that you helped put together. I'm confused as ever, but guys, just last thing, can they all coexist? Are they all still going to run it back, and if so, can they coexist? Or is maybe now the owner of Brooklyn Nets is just going to come out and say enough is enough. We're not firing the coaches. I'll, I'll trade his ass for a ham sandwich before I do that. Do you think he's, he's not gonna... gonna trade him for a ham sandwich? I can tell you that right now. He's he's absolutely dug in to where if I if I'm not getting a haul of what I expect to get, especially considering what Utah just got five first rounders for Rudy Gobert, then no, nah, bro, I'm, he's not taking a single discount. Either you gonna either you gonna get up here and you are gonna play, or you are gonna sit at home and I get to keep my money because I'm gonna fine you for every game that you don't play. He could do it's that. He, he could and do I, that. And I feel but... like I feel like Kevin Durant is. is Strange as his decision making has been, he's still gonna um, play ball. He loves to play basketball, and he's gonna play. So yeah. um, I feel like they end up running it back. Now, how he met he and even Kyrie mend the relationship with Steve Nash? Uh, that's that's a different conversation. But uh, one way or another, they're they're either gonna do that, or maybe at some point during the season, then Steve Nash might might would be let go once the once the ownership feels like that KD and Kyrie are more bought in than what they're showing right now. Wow. Well, um, Terrence, how do you see it going? Are, you, you, are they going to be to coexist? If- uh, at, at the end of the day, they're all professionals. They'll, they'll all be there. Maybe at the very least, Nash might be on a short leash. But I don't I just – it's going to look real bad if they come out in the morning and fire Steve Nash. Yeah. Yeah. I, now, I don't think it'll, they'll fire Steve Nash. I, I don't – it would, and I don't think that'll happen. However, um, as far as Durant goes, though, man, if this owner is this – hell bent on man i'm not giving you what you want this time and i don't blame him 
when a, when when a, when an employee becomes this disgruntled, you sure he won't just let him go for a little less than what he would have? I mean, does it have to be a haul? I'm sick of this dude, and I got to get him out of my out of my organization, out of my establishment. He's just he's. Yep. You don't think so? Okay. I need me. I understand. I understand. At just some point, when do you want your peace? When do you want to just lie? I'm tired of this. He's got to go. And okay, we'll we'll run it back, or they'll find the hell out of him for not playing. And I think he also knows that Durant will play. I don't think he. I think he even knows he's not the type to sit out. So maybe that's another reason why he's not. You know why he's not gonna budge. But anyway, there was also some rumors that Anthony Davis could be on the trade block. A lot of people in the Lakers organization are now stepping up or taking this to Jenny Buss saying we need to at least uh, weigh our options. Now, that's funny that that report coming out of L.A. Um, right around the August 4th date that came around for LeBron James to extend or sign in or whatever, uh, buy in. Um, damn, what, what is the word again? The, the opt-in, that is opt-in. how LeBron plays GM. That's how LeBron plays GM. Now all of a that sudden. That is how LeBron plays GM. Yeah, yeah, that's how he does it. But we know his him doing it nonetheless. And so again, these reports coming right after LeBron has the options to you know to opt in or opt out. Is he playing just one Did more Win year? Did Winhurst make that report? No, 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 no. That's not Winhurst. Okay, I don't okay. think there's anybody from the NBA. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anybody from ESPN or I don't know exactly who that was, but it wasn't those guys. It's a report though coming out of LA. Maybe a writer, maybe a reporter. But that's what I saw earlier today, this morning. So just quickly, if anybody wants to weigh in on that, what's LeBron up to? Because, I mean, they said that it looks like he's going to stay another two years in L.A. this year and the next. However, these reports come out now. You know, quietly, it's a little leak. Is he trying to get A.D. out of here and see what he can get back for it? Because he thinks that gives him the better chance because he does – He's usually in street clothes for for 50, 50 games or half of the games of the season. So, what y'all think of that real quick? It, or is this just a rumor? Yeah, so uh, I had not seen anything about AD being on the trade block, but um, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be in a big hurry to do that um, just because at some point, you know, obviously LeBron's time is winding down and Anthony Davis is certainly more the future than is LeBron. And so – um, I don't. I don't know. They'd be in a big market to do that unless there was something that really kind of blew them away. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's much to it, but I think there should be. Uh, I'm not saying they should trade about it, but they should at least see what they could get for. That's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that Anthony Davis should understand that and respect it because he's been hurt so damn much. Uh, that's the difference in between them being out of the uh, playing game and at the very least an eight seed. I think. You know what would be what would be disrespectful or at least funny as hell to me is if the Lakers were to trade Anthony Davis back to New Orleans and they get somehow B.I. again, Zion in the package, or I don't know. And it's just like, what the hell? Just went on here. And, you know, like, hey, we got what we could get at you. There was one ring and now you're done. So back to New Orleans you go. And hey, so, hey, Knicks sorry trade guys. Jim Hardaway Jr. for nothing and signed him back with a max contract. Yeah, it, it would just be how well it would. That did happen. It would just be how well it would be received that you know Bi. He seems like the type that would probably try LeBron, but I would just like to see how they would react though, knowing that man, you got you the one that got rid of us, and now you want us back. Somebody may be like, forget that man, I'll, I'll wait on the buyout or something. But again, that's just something that I thought of. Uh, I don't know how true this is, and I'm sorry that I can't tell you exactly right now where that report came from, but I did see it on FS1 on something this morning, and FS1 was saying that that was a report. I don't even know if they said where the report's coming from. Maybe it's just FS1 making that up, but they are in L.A., and they usually get a quicker inside scoop to Lakers, Dodgers, and anything else L.A. Uh, But again, hey, we'll see. Uh, Russell Westbrook, there's also something out there about him, you know, being in a possible trade talking with three teams right now. He could go to the Jazz, but for whatever reason, the Lakers are also talking to the Jazz. And uh, I want to say, was it was it the Suns and somebody else? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, some stuff going on there with Westbrook. They're still trying to get rid of him or figure it out. I'm not sure. Uh, but, again, here we go. NBA offseason. It was just too much football stuff going on. 
uh, and and they needed to come with something just to get your mind back on the NBA as well. They've got 2K23 coming out uh, in less than a month and or right at a month. And, you know, hey, uh, and the season training camp a little bit shortly after that. So they're trying to get something popping here. Uh, Before we get into the NFC South predictions, we want to uh, first let Nick St. Nick here give his rant uh, um, toward the NFL Hall of Fame. There's somebody that didn't make it. If you want to go over quickly the class that made it in, you can. Or if you just want to just speak your piece on why a certain individual didn't make it, uh, Nick, you got the green light. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the only thing that I, I really would would want to see, um, because when I looked at kind of the qualifications, and they say you have to get eighty percent of the vote, so that's forty out of forty nine votes uh, in order to to be accepted into the hall once you make it into the finalists. And so uh, the guy that that I felt was most snubbed, uh, and he came out and said it himself on Twitter, was Devin Hester. Um, and I felt I felt the way about it the same, almost really in the same vein as I felt about it with uh, with Terrell Owens when they made him wait. Um, because essentially, my my whole logic on it was, how do you have somebody who is top three or better at at what they do, which Devin Hester is unquestionably for me the best, uh, and and have to even and be able to vote against him to make the Hall of Fame? I mean, if he's if he's the best to ever do what it is that he did on the field, and he doesn't get in first ballot, then nobody who comes behind him that did what he did should be able to get in first ballot because that because if, we, if we're saying that Devin Hester is still the best to ever do it. It's crazy to me. And same with T.O. He was, in, in anybody's book, one of the three best receivers ever play. In my personal book, he's, he's the, the best I've ever seen, but the greatest is obviously Jerry Rice. I mean, you know, the, the numbers there, you just got to kind of bow down to him on that. Uh, but as far, but for me, T.O. was, you know, the second second greatest receiver of all time. The idea that he had to wait to get into the Hall of Fame was ludicrous just because the people didn't like him. Um, it's not like he had any situation where he got called gambling or any kind of uh, – kind of insinuation that he was cheating the game um, or any kind of, you know, steroids, anything like, you know, as far as baseball. He had any that stuff, neither did Devin Hester. You know, I don't know if, if there were some people that disliked Devin Hester in the media. I don't, I don't remember him having. Um, certainly not as contentious of a relationship as T.O. did, uh, but I, I thought it was just kind of crazy that he didn't get in. And uh, I, I don't know enough about all of the guys that did get in to be able to say, well, hey, this is who he should replace. Um, but by the same token, the fact that I don't, kind of says to me that, hey, Devin Hester should probably be replacing one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Terrence, anything on uh, Hester? Nick, Nick, I was just asking you something. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Do you think that they keep players out now just to justify them keeping out guys like T.O. and Chris Carter as many times as they did? I had I even forgotten about the Chris Carter one. That was pretty crazy, too. I mean, he That was a great as hell. Yeah, he's had a drinking problem early in his career. I mean, he, he oh well, yeah. I guarantee right, you some of these damn writers had got cocaine problems. No, nah, he was I a crackhead. I put money on it. No, nah, he was a crackhead. They do based on the way they vote. So, no, Chris Carter was a crackhead. Chris, Chris Carter was a crackhead. Not that that had anything. That doesn't have anything to do with his career. But yeah, he was definitely doing crack at one point. Well, see, I, th- I thought he just had a drinking problem. No, more than that. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was. Yeah, he's he's talked hey, about regardless, it many times. Regardless, yeah, openly, yeah. Regardless, yeah, his career, yeah. Yeah. he should have gotten in immediately. Yeah. Well, when did he get in? Second time. Oh uh, no, Chris Carter had to wait for some for some years. I think he might have been. Yeah. Okay. Five, six years. Okay. He, they made him wait. Now he he was very grateful when he got in. Still, you know, he didn't he didn't do what T.O. did to have his ceremony, have a whole, whole separate ceremony. Yeah, I don't blame T.O. not one millisecond, no. So I, I think that I think that we might see a pattern of them keeping guys out uh, just because of how they did T.O. to justify it. Right. But I always say, I always say, if they if they made T.O. wait based on what they're, I guess what they're saying is behavior, uh, Larry Fitzgerald better get in the second he's available. Right. Yeah, you, you can just skip the weight on him. Just, just put now, him in. Right now, put him in. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know if he actually officially announced the retirement, um, but it doesn't sound like he's about to play. So if if he if somebody talks to him, hey, look, Larry, you can play anymore, and he'd be like, nah, just go and put him in. Right, right. In. Yep. Well, okay, that's enough of the Hall of Fame. I said I wouldn't talk about them ever again on this show, really, to be honest with you. Um, I said it to myself, but I didn't want to come back and touch anything about 
the NFL Hall of Fame because of the T.O. Uh, debacle that happened. We watched three years pass before they finally put him in, and they let somebody else go in who was very good as well, but I thought more schematically good with the Hall of Fame quarterback, something that T.O. never played with, and that's Marvin Harrison, who we think got away with murder pretty much, but yet still T.O.'s locker room antics it was enough to you know make him wait yeah i had no problem with what to did either and cc came out pretty much and said a lot of things about that and it's like okay cc how long you gonna dance you got in we be happy we happy for you bro cool but i think he was one of the main ones shannon sharp made have said a few things as well too like you know that was very immature you still got to go in and take no you don't have to do anything you don't have to do a damn thing yeah they, they proved by not letting him in after year one that the whole thing was flawed i mean terrell owens is terrell owens besides jerry rice when it comes to everything and now Randy Moss, because he did come back and play with the 49ers one season in 2012. Before that, and he got those four touchdowns, even he would be in this category. But nobody other than those two are behind, I mean, or in front of Terrell Owens in any statistical category, you know. And as good as Marvin Harrison was, as good as Torrey Holt was, I think Torrey Holt got in the first go-round. I may be wrong, but he got in. He didn't wait that long, as long as – I don't even know if he waited three years. I don't. I don't know if Tory Holt is even in. I think Isaac Bruce just got in not long ago. I think Tory Holt is in. Is he not? Uh, I could uh, be wrong. I'm leaning towards no. Okay. Okay. I thought for sure I saw. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, I don't keep up with it anymore. But I thought I he saw was, him he, get in as well. He was a final. He was a finalist this year. Oh, okay. My bad. So he's not in yet. All right. Uh, maybe T is right, but either way it goes, man, man, I piss on him. I don't care anything it was, about it. It was his, it was his third year as as a finalist. Right. Well, I just wanted you to speak your piece with Devin Hester, and I agree. Devin Hester was definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, I think to this day he still is probably the only person to return the opening kick of the Super Bowl all the way back for a touchdown. But that's just what he did. So remarkable. That's where he was so remarkable that he would. Just do that like it was nothing. A punt return, a kickoff. He make it look. He made he would make it look pretty easy. Um, but again, and he he was like the Chicago Bears that season. I don't know. I don't know. Like they had Moose and Muhammad. They had uh, um, damn it, was Muhammad there at the time? Yeah. Yeah, Moose 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 Muhammad was there for sure. I don't remember who the running back was, but I know they had some defense, and Erlacher was still there and all. But man, Devin Hester yeah. probably was like still like the name that jumped out with the swag, and you know, like I'm gonna run it back. Watch this. They were more of just a defensive team, and I oh, watched out for the special teams. You know, so I mean, like, Tony Dungeon did not kick to that man again that game. Uh-huh. I mean, dude, they were they were literally either kicking the ball out of the end zone or pooch kicking it to other players just to not put it in Devin Hester's hands. Yeah. And, hey, you know what? Hey, you cannot argue with it. You cannot. And, and the one time, and, and it might be the one or two times you did in the game, he might go to the house with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because he was just that good. And and that's what Tony Dungy was doing. He was like, man, we're better than this team. We're not going to let something, we're not going to let my foolishness blow this game for us. This is a Super Bowl victory for us if we just play smart. And they did, and they won. But yeah, you don't keep kicking it to him. And, you know, like, he, he didn't do that. Um, Tom Coughlin flashbacks because <laughs> he kicked it to Deshaun Jackson. Well, Jackson. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, well, I think he did tell the punter, don't do it, and he still did it. So uh, He told him to uh, maybe to kick it out of bounds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he told him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, <laughs> and <laughs> well, <so>. I mean, <laughs> that play was so funny because Deshaun fumbled it, and that actually helped him out the way the ball bounced. What's crazy is I actually missed that whole game. I was working at Best Buy at the time. And they would have the score just flash up on the screen. So I remember looking up when we was down like three touchdowns or whatever it was, you know, with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, man, we even got our ass kicked today. And then I just happened to, I worked in home theater. So I finished up with a customer, happened to look up, and it was like Eagles won. I was like, what? Bro, yeah. when I got back and watched that game, that was the wildest. That was one of the wildest I've ever seen in my life. It was wild. It was wild. And back then, I was watching those games live, you know, like, wasn't missing a thing. Wasn't coming out the house on a Sunday back then. So, yes, that's yeah, exactly yeah. – I saw it live. Tom Coughlin said some bad things to that punter. Yeah. But, but I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, yeah. but the fact that he did it and it's clear that the coach told him not to, you know, like, okay, all of that kind of makes you wonder if my theory is really a theory at all. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let's move on. 
because we got the NFC South, and the NFC South, we want to we want to let you know who we think are going to be the dogs, the, the, the NFC South Kings. Tom Brady is back, you know, so pump your brakes before you decide to give it to other teams. Brady is back, coming off of the best year of his career, and that was at 44. Now he's 45. Um, Terrence, let's start with you now. And if you could just give us your breakdown of the NFC South, where you got them finishing at. If you don't have the records, if you don't want to do the records, that's fine. I encourage it, but if you don't, you don't. Um, uh, what, what I'm learning by doing this, because the NFC has some pretty weak divisions. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, the yeah. NFC East, we know, I mean, we call it we call it done. the NFC Least, but I think the NFC South might be worse. Mm. You know what, though, I have I have no confidence in the Panthers. I have no confidence in the uh, in the uh, the Falcons, hmm. and I don't have any confidence in the Saints. Wow. Well, I mean, I think this is a an absolute cakewalk for the books. And people are saying that the New York Giants actually could be better than what people think. The Commanders, because of Wentz, people could think they could be better. So, T, you, may, the Lions, you may be right. People are saying the Lions might be better, and the Lions had a lot of competitive games. I know because I had the unfortunate pleasure of seeing who won last year. Uh, they have they had a lot of competitive games last year. They just, you know, kind of lost, uh, you know, at the end of the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions are much better this year. But I don't have any confidence in any of these teams. Maybe Carolina, if you can get uh, McCaffrey back and, and, and get him back for a full season, that that's asking for a whole lot. But other than that, man, I think the Falcons, to my credit, they're rebuilding, so they shouldn't, they shouldn't be good. They should be a lottery, a top pick team because they're rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. But like this is this is a cakewalk for the Bucks, man. I mean, this this ain't. Yeah, this is. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have anything different than that. But I mean, I can, I can, I can pretty much pencil a Tom Brady team in for twelve wins. I mean, that's that's not that's not hard to do. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm part. I guess I'm gonna shock you with this one then, because let me hear it right now, please. I see the potential for the Bucks to be like a ten win team. I actually looked over their schedule. And they'll still win the division by four games. I don't think so. I think the Saints are going to be pretty good. I think the Saints will be very good, actually. I'm actually I'm picking the Saints to win the division. Uh, I look I look through the Bucks schedule and just looking at you know not even just the you know obviously the division is pretty easy for them with the exception of the Saints. Um, you know it was hard to turn the Panthers and the uh, and uh, who's the other team in the NFC? So the Falcons. Uh, you know I mean obviously those those games are the games they should walk through, but. Uh, I can see them losing one, if not both, of the games to the Saints this year. Uh, they, you know, the, the Bucks. They start with the Cowboys. Uh, they go to the Cowboys on September 11th, and they go to the Saints. Um, you know, I, I can see them one and one at that point. Uh, I can see them losing to the Packers. That's one and two. I can see them losing to the Chiefs. That's one and three. Uh, then they play the Falcons. That's two and four. They play the Steelers. That's three and four. The Panthers. That's four and four. Uh, then they can play the Ravens. That that'd be a loss. So that's four and five Rams. And that's one thing we agree on. I'm sure they play the Rams. That's four and six. Uh, then they'll play the Seahawks. That's five and six. They'll play the Browns. Depending on if that's if Deshaun Watson's there or not, that could be a five and seven or six and six situation. We'll call it six and six right now, just because I'm starting to think Deshaun Watson's probably going to miss this season. Uh, then they play the Saints again. So that's a loss. That's six and seven. Uh, they play the 49ers. Uh, that's a W, so that's seven and seven. I'm sure me and Jarvis disagree there, but that's fine. Uh, they play the Bengals at seven and eight. Uh, they got the Cardinals. That's a potential loss, uh, but I'll give it to them. So that that'd be eight and eight. Uh, then they got to finish with the Panthers and the Falcons. So uh, I think I thought I did one too many games in there somewhere, but at any rate. Um, so yeah, I, I can see them ended up as a, as a ten win team, um, maybe even a nine and eight. Just kind of depending on how things shake out. Uh, they've got, you know, they got some weaknesses across the offensive line between the center that just got hurt. They had a guard that retired, and another one that left. Um, so, you know, so obviously that's not good for Tom Brady, who doesn't like pressure up the middle. Uh, you got Chris Godwin still trying to come back. Obviously, they got Julio down there to try to fill in for him um, until that happens. So, uh, you know, maybe they catch some catch some lightning in the bottom near the end of the season, particularly once they get Chris Godwin back and kind of get some uh, some continuity amongst the receivers, but. As it stands right now, man, I'm picking the Saints to win it. See, Nick, I, I think that's probably where we are differing. I don't think that we are realizing how good the dynamic could be between Julio 
and Brady. And I'm not saying he's about to go Randy Moss uh, 20 touchdowns, but I am saying that we might absolutely see the best of Julio uh, and maybe even better than what we've seen. It's possible. If if he is healthy as he's saying he is, and I mean, I know that we're, I know that in, in NFL terms, 33 is considered not old, but, you know, you, 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 you're getting close to it. That man is still in his physical prime. And if he's healthy and, and with Tom Brady uh, uh, getting him the ball, I would not be surprised if we see the best of Julio. So that the team could have a different look is what I'm saying. It could be a lot more dynamic on offense. I can see that if you if you telling me that Julio Jones went and bought two new hamstrings this offseason, and so they're not going to pull a tear at some point, then you know then, then that may be a different conversation. But I don't have based on history, I don't have a whole whole lot of faith in that. Um, even if he does make it through fourteen or fifteen games, you know he'll have four or five or six of those that he's kind of uh, he, you know, he's got the hamstring, so it's not you know it's not the full Julio Jones that you could get. Um, I'm rooting for him. You know, I would love to see Julio have a great season and even for him to be able to win a title, particularly with everything that he went through in Atlanta, uh, you know, not being able to get one there. So I've always been a fan of him. But, um, you know, I just as I said right now, I am i don't see it. I, I'm going with the Saints to win the division. Uh, I think it'll, I definitely think it'll be a tight race. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, run away. And you're, saying, and you're saying I want to make sure we're clear now. And I'm glad we're. this is why we're having these discussions. You are saying the New Orleans Saints, with Jameis Winston at quarterback. With Jameis Winston like, at quarterback. And I like Jameis. I just want to make sure it's clear. I like Jameis. Is going to be a Tom Brady Bucks team for the division. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think. The so what, so are you are you saying that Jameis is going to like just have his best year? Or are you saying that the defense is just so good and they're going to carry them? Uh, what, what's the basis behind the Saints being so uh, damn a, li- a little bit of a little bit of both, more the defense than Jameis. I think Jameis will have a very good year. I, I think that he will cut down on the interceptions. Uh, it, it seems like you know, even though I, I know some of the stuff is still funny when you see him doing workouts and stuff like that. It, I get the vibe, I get the feeling that he's become a lot more mature and a lot more serious about what he's doing. And it, I mean, the, the talent that he had obviously couldn't be denied. That's why he was number one overall pick when he was. Um, and so I think with that, um, with some veteran guys around him at, the, at receiver and just on the team and even on defense on the team in general, just kind of helping him into that leadership role um, and keeping the kind of the spotlight off of him so that it's not so much of the questions about, you know, his his, pre- his prior uh, immaturity and different things that he's gone through. I think he'll, I think he'll be good enough um, to lead a, lead a okay. Saints team that, that can be a threat. You know what? Nick, you are uh, very famous for one of the handout drug tests. Uh, wherever you keep, wherever you keep those drug tests at home, go find you one and uh, <laughs> make sure everything's okay, man. Make sure nobody, make sure nobody slipped nothing in that watermelon. I'm just telling you, man. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm not saying the watermelon got fermented. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm not saying James is gonna go out here and throw for five thousand yards and forty-five touchdowns or nothing like that. But you know, I can see, I can definitely see, I and mean, which he has thrown for five thousand yards and thirty. Absolutely, has. He also threw 30 picks. 30 touchdowns and 30 picks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that's my point. I, th- I think the picks come down. I think I think you could reasonably see a 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown, you know, maybe a 15-interception season, uh, which you know, James Winston would be pretty good. Maybe even, you know, down as low as, as 11 or 12. Um, and I think that's enough to, you know, with, with the talent that the Saints have on offense, with the talent that they have on defense, I think that's enough to, to get them a division win. All right. <clears throat> okay, so here we go. Um the hell with the bottom two teams, Atlanta and Carolina. Basically, you're saying they still ain't got a chance, right? Both of you. Yeah, they, they they'll basically compete for the number one pick in the draft. Okay, gotcha. I mean, you know, there's reports coming out of Carolina that you know Baker's basically got the job wrapped up, and good for him. But if Baker Mayfield is wrapping up your job, it's early in training camp. That should tell you a lot more about your quarterback room than about how good Baker Mayfield is. Yeah, and that's why me and William Jones, we got to bring him on the show at some point, man. Shout out to William Jones, one of our biggest supporters on the Great Debate Show. He was having a, a debate with me a few weeks ago about how he loved to have Darnold was a backup for the Niners. And I'm like, why? What the hell? And he, he broke it down and explained it to the best of his abilities. And I guess the analogy was pretty good, but nah. I'm like, nah. And this this confirms it if, you know, he comes in just like that and already, you know, like training camp hadn't really got – going just well yeah it has kind of but i mean they just started to put the pads on i believe and they're playing this week starting thursday night everybody's starting to play thursday friday saturday here we go speaking of which but that reminded reminded me of something too wasn't william jones also the one that was a big mr Trubisky fan he was he is 
Have you heard anything about what what's going on in, in Pittsburgh? I have not. I have. I have not Who's for the play? Because the Mr. Biscuit supposedly is leading for the job right now, but they are like, look, bro, we we need a quarterback. So they might be in the market for Jimmy Garoppolo before too long because uh, from from what what it sounds like, whatever they got going on over there, Mitch ain't it. Kenny Pickett ain't it. Uh, uh, who's the other guy they got that's just like a, just like both of them? Mason Rudolph, he ain't it. Um, they yeah. said that Mason Mason's probably gonna be the odd man out. Well, they got a- they brought in Mitch to be the starter, and uh, of course they just drafted Kenny Pickett. But uh, Mitch ain't, ain't looking like he worth nothing. So we definitely need to get William on so we can talk about that some more. Yeah, yeah, we definitely get him on so y'all can finally have that that debate out. Uh, but sometimes Stiller's organization, somebody like the Stiller's organization, man, they can really keep stuff on the hush. And it doesn't mean like they don't have a plan or it doesn't mean like Trubisky isn't lighting it up and they just not talking about it. We don't follow the Stiller's enough, but you just never know. I won't count the Steelers out, but we're not doing the AFC North predictions just yet. Let me cap it off with the NFC South talk. I guess Terrence, uh, Terrence uh, Smith is going to have to get two drug tests because I've got the New Orleans Saints winning the South as well, and I'll break it down. Oh, my goodness. What? Yes, sir. And <laughs> what I, are they putting in the weeds? They the <laughs> weed. <laughs> hey, 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 somebody texted me earlier today, too, guys. They was like uh, they sent the, the, the Bleacher Report thing about Kevin Durant just to keep me updated. And they was like, man, Kevin Durant is really on the runts, ain't it? <laughs> the Royal Runts. Is, if you're a smoker, <laughs> the smokers know what I mean. So anyway, uh, yeah, whatever. I guess so, T. I need you to bring two, though, uh, right to the front to, to uh, register number six because I'm about to break down why. I got the New Orleans Saints winning as well. Okay, first of all, they start the season off pretty good. Um, yeah, Sean Payton's gone. Okay, and – they still got a good team. Yes, um, Drew Brees retired. Good. That's what they needed. All right? Now, the Saints start the season off at uh, on the road against Atlanta. All right? That's a dub. And then they go home to play the Buccaneers. That's a dub. Now, let's keep in mind, even though Tom, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a Super Bowl, they also – I don't think Tom Brady has won against the New Orleans Saints other than that playoff game. He got dragged. And swept by the New Orleans Saints. He has struggled with them more than anybody else in the league, let alone that division. All right, so that's 2-0 for the Saints. Then they go to Carolina, 3-0. Then they go back home to host the Vikings, 4-0. Then they go, they stay at home and they host the Seahawks, 5-0. Then they got the Cincinnati Bengals coming in. Maybe they lose that when they go to 5-1. They go to Arizona, I'll give you 5-2. But then... Here's another home stretch with the Raiders and the Ravens coming in town. Those could be some tough games, but at home and a stout defense, I think they get both of them, if not at least splitting one, hosting the Raiders and the Ravens. Then the tricky one is them going to Pittsburgh, but, you know, they still should get the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I wouldn't be surprised because of the defense, and it'll be cold by then. That's November 13th. Probably not cold enough, though, for the Saints. I don't see them losing again until they host the Rams. And then they may even beat the Niners in San Francisco. The Niners just seem to be a better team on the road. Then they play the Buccaneers again on December 5th. Maybe they split this time, but I think they beat them again in in Tampa Bay. They give Brady problems. Then they got the Falcons again, and they ended off with the Browns in Cleveland. I don't. We don't know if Deshaun Watson will be there or not. If he's there, I'll give it to Cleveland. If he's not there, that's another win for the Saints on the road. And then it's the Eagles and the Panthers on how they close the season out. I will give Philly the win on that one since it's in Philly, and the Eagles could be hot and ready to go for the playoffs. And then they stomp the Panthers. Man, I only got the Saints losing like six games at the most, but I don't really see six. So I got them at like 12 and 5, and the Buccaneers are actually 11 and 6 from looking at the schedules. And I'm going to tell you why I got them winning these games in case anybody doesn't remember. The last time I checked, Marshawn Lattimore was still a top cornerback in this league. The last time I checked, Cameron Jordan was still good on the D-line with Davenport progressing. The last time I checked, this defense, front seven, was still stout. The last time I checked, when Jameis Winston was playing football before he hurt his leg. Did he tear his ACL? Yes. His numbers before then were damn near astonishing. And I'm trying to see if I can pull them up real, real quick here because 
he was not playing bad football. Remember, this is the same guy who um, was who who carved Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers up uh, last season, and they were on a roll before he got hurt. Eleven seventy in the pass yards. 14 touchdowns, three interceptions at a QBR of 102.8. And Terrence Smith, our co-host, the crown prince of Ashland, just dogged my man and drug him under the ground with that 30 interception, 30 touchdowns. I heard what you said, T. I heard that. But I got to let you know, that was under the biggest um, bamboozle, hoodwinked uh, sabotage of ever and you even said it too you remember what bruce arians did it looked yeah, like that's what he did he yeah, set him up he set him up he knew tom brady was coming to tampa this is what he did in new orleans and this was just about six games the man had 11 70 14 touchdowns three picks and a 102.8 he's coming back last time i checked now tasting him Taysom him we don't have to worry about him being a real quarterback he will do what he does and he will Give defenses fits when he gets the ball in his hands on the field. He's a stout. He's a stud. And the last time I checked, they still had Alvin Kamara. And the last time I checked, Michael Thomas was still a top three receiver the last time he was healthy. I know he hasn't been, but he is now. Will he be 75, 80% of what he was? If he is, that's enough to win the South. Because Terrence just told everyone he thinks this is the weakest division. Give me the New Orleans Saints, ladies and gentlemen. And bring the drug test on i got them being the winner and i'm not saying tampa bay won't win the whole damn thing we're just talking about the division right now this could easily be one of those games where the saints run through the buccaneers again and then have to run into tampa bay in the playoffs and go home first playoff game just like the niners ran into the rams it's hard to beat them three times in one season I'm not going into the playoffs right now. We're just talking about the regular season. And I've got the All right, Saints. Let me ask y'all something. Winning what, the South. Jarvis, what, what's, your, what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink? Yeah. Uh, we're talking alcohol. We're talking just a beverage. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Alcohol, I guess. Okay. Well, well, well I was, a, I was, a, I was, a, I'm, a, I'm a good, I'm a Heine, I'm a Heineken guy when it comes to a good cold. Heineken, beer. all right, perfect. Heineken, we'll roll with that. Okay. Six packs, I'm okay. Yes. Okay. What about yourself, Nick? I'm a tequila man. You know that. Okay, all right. What uh, what what brand? Cause uh, I can't do no expensive now. Uh, let's go Don Julio. I ain't gonna bust you too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, well, I ain't, I ain't worried about paying for it. I will bet, Jarvis. <laughs> I got you a case of Heineken. Nick, I got you a case of uh of uh, uh, not a case, but uh, a, a bottle of uh, yeah, just a bottle. Yeah, you ain't gotta go buy the case. <laughs> you know, I, do, I can't afford that. A bottle of Don Julio. <laughs> Versus a twelve pack of Sprite Zero. I'm Say on the books. You guys rolling on the Saints? Say less. I'm We're rolling with the Saints. We're rolling with the Saints. What you say? Uh, the Sprite Zero. Sprite Zero. Okay. Because okay. you see, Jarvis said all that. He didn't even say Tyrant Matthew or Jarvis Landry or Michael Thomas. I'm not worried didn't about it, didn't, didn't, didn't even have to bring him oh, up. Okay. Okay. Here's here's my thing about Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas hasn't played in like almost two years. Like. No. Okay, you think he forgot how to run a slant? He, he's still gonna be the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that at some point the league catches up to you, man. He might he might have to run more than this slant. Now. I think All he's right. gonna be just fine. I think Drew Brees was holding him back the last time he was playing. Oh, the one thing I did leave out. One thing I did leave out. Don't forget Ryan Jensen, the center for the Buccaneers, may be done for the season. I don't think they've came out and just confirmed that, but they said it's pretty bad. That's the center. For Tom Brady. And again, yeah. again, I'm not saying that the Buccaneers won't do the damn thing. I'm just saying that, yes, he has Julio, but he's got to have time to throw that thing to Julio and Mike and all those guys, and his center is out. I just wanted to just throw that in. And I'm looking at the schedule. And from looking at both of the schedules, the Buccaneers could lose six or seven from what I see. And the Rams are going to start off on – I mean, I mean the Saints, they could get started on a roll if they're what I, if they're what I think they are. This is still a top ten defense. Terrence, I don't know if you remember in that or not. This is a top ten. Yeah, that's defense. why. That's why I asked. I was like, is, is the defense going to just carry them to these wins? They don't have to. And Michael Thomas is back. It's going to be a combination of the defense and Jameis. That's Michael, why I was asking it. If Jameis Winston plays a full season, and and again, as I said, Michael Thomas is back. He, I just gave you his numbers without Michael Thomas. He, you get him back. And the last time I checked, I'll say it again. I thought Alvin Kamara was a bad boy. You know, he, he gets bad. his hands a lot. Watch out. Who that nation? They talk a lot of stuff to us when we come to town, and we love it. And then they get quiet after we beat them in New Orleans, and, you know, somebody has an excuse. 
But then somebody may just say, good game, man. You know, like that's all that needs to be said because we just – we did. That's what. But we just have fun when we come into New Orleans. But we love them. And who that nation, they're going to have a lot to be proud of and true of. And even if they don't win the division, if we have to cough up that Sprite Zero to Terrence, I'm telling you, they're only going to be like a game behind or maybe two at the most at second place. But because of I what I see schedule-wise. I tiebreaker. <laughs> that would be that would be wild. That's exactly how that may go down. But ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time we've got. Uh, uh, somebody keeps telling me that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be better than what people think. I don't see it. Not with Marcus Mariota. I heard it too, but I don't see it. I just don't see it. I yeah, no. Nah, that, that person is wishful thinking. I think uh, so I, three drugs is. I, I, I think <laughs> right. I, I think Kyle Pitts is just so damn good. Uh, but I they, maybe they're forgetting Calvin really is not playing. You know, at all this season. So we'll see. And Marcus Mariota's throwing in the ball. Well, that's why I thought they would call for Jimmy Garoppolo. It was a rumor that they were in on the mix, and now we've heard nothing again. I don't know why everybody keeps throwing Cleveland out there when they've said they're fine with Jacoby Brissett. And why would Jimmy Garoppolo want to go on a one year rental? That's all it would be. Uh, It would be a great audition with a team that's a playoff team, but I don't know. Does Jimmy, you know, get you over the hump or right just at the, you know, on the hunt. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, NFC South, we just broke it down to you, and we basically just talked about the Saints and the Buccaneers. No surprise there. Terrence says it's going to be pretty easy. They're running through it. But I think Terrence needs to go back and look at the schedule and check that out. And if he still thinks so, cool. Look, if Julio we, – we all have said that this will be the season Julio doesn't miss a game. But he has been known to miss quite a few. And if he does, with Tom Brady's center out, Todd Bowles – is he ready for this? Um, we'll see. He's the head coach now. It's not Bruce Arians. It's Todd Bowles. Can't wait to see how that works. If he gets along with him or not, is Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady still going to have a great thing, you know, relationship or whatever, and we'll go from there. But Terrence said it could be the weakest, and he may be very, very much right. We'll see. I just, man, I got to see it first for the NFC East to actually be good, all from up, you know, at least the three teams out of out of the four before I give somebody else that crown. Um, but if it is the NFC South, that's the worst. We got to come up with a name. We usually say NFC least. I don't know what we would say about the NFC. NFC drought? NFC instead of South? I don't know. But we'll, we'll put a pen in that one. You are, yeah. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. Uh, next, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're moving on to the last division in the NFC, and that is the NFC. It used to be the NFC best. Now, it actually still probably is, but the NFC West. The Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. Um, a lot of people seem to think that the Seahawks are, uh, are tanking. But what if they sign Jimmy Garoppolo after the Niners release him, if they release him? What if they, what, you know, and now if they don't go for him, we know they're tanking. But we'll see. Uh, what if Drew Locke is better than what we thought? And, he, and he's slinging that thing to DK Metcalf. You know, who knows? But the Rams, they just won a Super Bowl. Will they still be as aggressive, will they still want it as much as hungry? Will they still be as hungry now that they've gotten that chip? Um, you've got the Cardinals. Hey, big gear for them. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, who I still question. And that air raid offense, all of the stuff about the film. And now, hey, they took that title away. You don't have to watch no film. Go on back to your Xbox or your PlayStation. This is so funny to me. It's hilarious. But we're going to get into the Cardinals and the Niners. The Niners finished three in the NFC West last year at 10 and 7, and even though they were still just a game away from the Super Bowl. We're going to find out what's up with the Niners. Trey Day, Trey Five, the, the era has begun for Trey Lance in San Francisco. and uh, But yet Garoppolo is still a Niner. So we got to get into all of that. Maybe in the next seven days he won't be. I don't know. But um, I, can't wait to do any, I can't wait to do the AOC. Because that's going to be really, really fun, uh, the deeper conference in football. Guys, uh, is there anything else we're leaving out before we finish this show? Um, Brittany Griner, we didn't say anything about her, but she's got nine years in Russia. That's not the – she doesn't really have to do those nine years if they get right. Nick, could you please explain to the, to the, to the audience, to our listeners here at the Great Debate Show, exactly how that could go down uh, briefly? Yeah, so in short, from from everything that I've seen and read, is that uh, basically the 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 sentencing was a formality. I mean, you know, they you know the the Russians essentially wanted to wait until the sentence was in place, so that before they began the negotiations. 
uh, with the United States for, you know, for a, 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 essentially a prisoner swap. Um, as of now, it seems to be centered around Brittany, of course, um, as well as journalist Paul Whelan, who's been uh, incarcerated over there since like 2018, um, swapping for a man known as the uh, the Merchant of Death, a, a Russian arms dealer, uh, Victor Bout, I believe is his name, if, if uh, memory serves correctly. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of sets a very strange precedent, I think, um, on a couple of fronts. For one, um, you know, and, and I mean this as, as delicately as possible, um, because, there are, I mean, obviously there are American citizens over there we're talking about, but by the same token, you're looking at trading someone who is a who was a, a known arms dealer, um, you know, for uh, for these citizens, um, you know, to get released. And so, the, what is the what is the domino effect of that? You know, once they release him, does he, you know, get back in the business and and you know, possibly bring you know bring war, bring more violence towards the United States, you know, and kind of those sort of things. So, there's considerations there. And then the second thing that's kind of a weird consideration is that we're going to go free someone. From another country who was locked up due to marijuana, but we still have it federally illegal here in our country. You know that that's a very strange thing, and we have all these people that are locked up uh, for many, many years over weed. Um, you know, we're going to go and going to go uh, rescue a, a basketball player from uh, from another country uh, for having weed. So, you know, it's 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 a very delicate conversation. It, it, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of different sides to it. It's it's uh, it puts you kind of in a strange position. But uh, I'm curious to see kind of how it, how it works out. Okay. T, anything you want to touch on that with Brittany Grimes? Yeah, man. At this point, at this point, we just all have to, have to be uh, optimistic and uh, hope that she's home soon. You know, I, I know as you know, as at a certain point, it becomes about you know, it comes more about diplomacy and and uh, politics than it is about what's right and that's that's not right. But unfortunately. That's the game uh, as a country we are forced to play right now. But just got to be optimistic. Yeah. Um, again, our thoughts and prayers to the Brittany Griner, her friends and family. Hopefully she gets back home to her people safely and, uh, and, and quickly. Uh, we think that that will happen, though, once they go ahead and make this trade. She had to get sentenced first before they can move forward with that. We will see. Um, do, do, you, thing, do you even notice sports history? In 1981, the arguably the reigning tennis goat, Roger Federer, was born. He's 41 years old today. Wow. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I thought he. Okay, 40, 41. Got you. 41. He's not okay. Oh well, hey, that's a bad boy. Uh, him and uh, is it Nadal? Uh, that's another bad. Yeah, Rafael Nadal. Those yeah. two definitely has had some 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 classics, some classic moments. But back to Griner real quick before we go. Like you see how, do you see how ruthless they are, man? Like she doesn't even go. Like, I don't even know if how a courtroom looks in Russia. Like she's not in court. She's not in a courtroom. They go to her cage or her box or whatever you want to call it because they don't even like a cell. And it's just like here, talk, <laughs> say what you got to say. I mean, I, did y'all see a courtroom? I didn't. I saw her in a in a cage or something. Uh, I mean, I think all they can show probably is that is that cell she's in, which is that thing is tiny, man. Um, but it might be a situation where they don't allow cameras in the courtroom and that's all they can show them. I'm not really sure how that works, but all I know is that cell is tiny. Yeah, but I think that they, was they, court because she was giving her statement then. Like, she was talking. Yeah, they, right they can't be healthy. Yeah. Some, tell me about it. Uh, again, um, very, very harsh punishment for something that small, but again, these are the reasons why, even though that's not cool for her, because she actually, that's legal where she's from in our country or her state. So my whole thing, though, is that, hey, if we could just get half of that type of punishment with our law here, if Putin come out here and do that, man, you see a lot of crime going down and violence and everything. I'm sorry. That's just, that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, man, if you, what, what would he give the average person out of North Memphis or South Memphis that did something crazy that they probably did already today that's, that's on the news? What would Putin, how would he handle that? You know, like, whew, those are the type of sentences that would make people think twice. Like, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to chill in, sit in for the night. You know, maybe I'm not going to do this or do that. I don't know. Um, there's some bad some bad boys, man, out there in Russia. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying that, man, we could use some of that. Seriously, we could use some of that. Uh, anybody that don't agree, shit, you must, be, you must be under a rock or something. You're not coming outside. I mean, leaving home and making it back home safe and sound. Um, that is a very big deal 
now these days uh, anywhere, but especially here in the Mid-South, uh, <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee, because it ain't easy. A lot of people don't leave home and make it back home safe and sound by the end of that day. Uh, so, again, uh, ho- hoping she gets back home, man, to her family, you know, and her wife some at some point here. Uh, but, again, that's all we've got. Our time is out. Guys, it's been real. It's been another good one. Um, make sure that Heineken is good and cold, too, Terrence. You know, when when the bed is over, make sure it's real good and cold. And, uh, oh, I got you. <laughs> uh, man, all right, that's all we got. Anything else y'all got, man, before we before we get out of here? Room temperature on the tequila, please. Room temperature? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant been drinking some of it or something, man, whatever the hell his problem is. But guys, I almost bought a bottle of Lobos this weekend. That's, that's LeBron's brand. I almost bought it, but I, I went with uh, El Mayo instead. I right. bought my friend a bottle of uh, Termana. That's the rock, so I brand of tequila. That was pretty good, too. Uh-huh. Okay. They didn't like it. Huh. Well, they probably I mean, like Casamigos. They don't know no better. Yeah, instead of you are correct. Instead of Heineken, I should I should have made him get me a thing, a bottle of Duse, a Duse, but you know it's all good. Like we, but that's this what you should be getting next time, Nick. You get the LeBron thing. I mean, like there's no sense in us buying, you know, Henny, Crown, or what's that you're getting? Some tequila, you know, when when these mm-hmm. big, these big time black businessmen got liquors of their own. You know, so yeah, next time, yeah, the LeBron joint. Try it. Do say yeah, that's definitely the shit. Uh, shout out to Hove. All right, let's, that's all we got. We out of here. Been over an hour. Uh, it's been another great show. Uh, the NFC South. Me and Nick predicted there's gonna be new NFC South division winners. And Terrence says, "Man, please, that's the goat over there, man. Y'all must don't see it." And I, we understand completely. I think it's gonna be a tight race, though. It's gonna be it's gonna be good football. NFC West coming up. And whatever else crazy Kevin Durant has demanded. And uh, we'll go from there. The Great Debate Show. We'll be back for a Thursday episode as well. Me and Terrence, we'll give you some of the hottest topics and news going on in wrestling. A-W-W-W-E. And uh, we're out. Y'all, please, please be safe out there and have a good one. Take care, guys. Get out.